to the Science Witch Podcast, a podcast about how science and witchcraft interface, intersect, and affirm one another. My name is Angel, and I will be one of your co-hosts. And my name is Iris, and I will be your other co-host. This podcast is intended to be about subjects where science and witchcraft affirm one another, because essentially they are the same. We wanted to start out with uh, introducing ourselves. Iris, how about you go first? Sounds good. So, um, yeah, my name is Iris Soleil, and I use they, them pronouns. I am a queer, trans, non-binary, vegan, polyamorous, femme, eclectic witch, and I'm currently a full-time university student studying sexuality, gender, and queer studies. Yes, for reals, and it's awesome, um, with a minor in Spanish. And then in addition, I do community organizing work, event production around trans and queer equity, social change advocacy and education. And I'm also a photographer, traveler, and an avid reader with a bit of a book collecting problem. Uh, And then for income, I work in the fields of disability services and justice, as well as in event production for a gorgeous little witchy shop and event space. And my current focus is on the tarot and astrology, and I'm deeply passionate about banishing any notions that science and witchcraft are somehow incompatible because, like Angel said, that is totally not the case. Awesome. Um, my name is Angel, and I am a queer, non-binary, femme-presenting, eclectic science witch. I have a master's in biology with an emphasis on mycology, and I currently work as an industrial microbiologist. I practice yoga. I like to talk to plants. I'm very empathetic, and I call myself a mycoevangelist because I love Terrence McKenna. I also love to dance, mostly in drum circles and under the full moon. I'm one of the coordinators of the Wild Witches of the Willamette, an eclectic witch web of heathens, pagans, and witches across the Willamette Valley here in Oregon. We host witch walks, witches night out, and observe the wheel of the year. I sincerely believe witchcraft is adaptive for our species in order to survive capitalism. And I know that witches had this deep knowledge and wisdom that the study of the natural world in more scientific theory supports. So this is a podcast about that beautiful synergy between science and witchcraft. And we present it to you during this very fortuitous time in our global history as a species Uh, At the time of this recording, it is March 19th, 2020, and it is the spring equinox. And so for our first episode, we wanted to broach a topic that is in the collective consciousness very strongly right now, and that is, of course, of coronavirus. Novel coronavirus at the time of this recording has become a global pandemic, And more and more cases are rising with each and every day. People here uh, have started to panic and the stores are empty of all basic foodstuff, disinfectants, and of course, toilet paper. People are also getting a lot of mixed messages about this. And with everything here in the U.S., it is being politicized and used as some way to spin for political gain. 
but this is different from anything we as a nation and in fact as a global society have ever faced and it's very quickly starting to show the cracks of the inherently toxic and cruel foundations of late stage capitalism the people who are best situated to survive this world pandemic in my belief are witches because to quote Pam Grossman of the Witch Wave podcast which is are the future which is throughout history have been healers and they have been the ones to help nurse the population after plagues and they have also been the knowledge keepers on how to best survive and treat ailments so both the body and the soul and the times being dire as they are right now I find I've been praying to my patron goddess Shashat, who is the goddess of writing, record keeping, and engineering and science among the ancient Egyptians. And a lot of her knowledge has been occulted and obscured in modern times, in large part because the early Western Egyptologists were pretty misogynistic. So she has been occulted in terms of her presence, but she was considered to be on par to Toth, who is the Egyptian god of knowledge. I pray for an awakening where both spirituality and science can be one and everything does not need to be specifically led with only this materialistic atheistic detachment as the only approach to science. So here on this podcast we're going to explore the many topics in which science and witchcraft intersect. But first let's talk about why we as witches are uniquely suited to survive this. First, it is important to know what the best way is to ward off the virus. Would you like to say uh, more about this particular topic, Iris? Yeah, I just one just in in um, your comments there. It is just so fascinating that you and I kind of initially threw out this idea of potentially doing a podcast, you know, a bit mm-hmm. back, and then some time has passed. Life got busy. I was trying to finish out the term. Yeah, and you've had a lot going on, and and yeah, the timing of this is kind of astonishing. And I think that you're absolutely right that it's what we need right now so much. And mm-hmm. I know that from kind of our conversations before recording that like you have a lot of thoughts on this and Mm. it's really this is such a perfect example of how science and spirituality not only can but should come together to kind of build on one another and both kind of inform and inspire us to be in this mess that that really let's be honest we've created as with yes. like so much of the things we're doing to the planet to ourselves and to the creatures we share the planet with um but it's also like pointing us to ways that we can deal with it mitigate it comfort ourselves while we're dealing with it and hopefully move past it more quickly so i guess those are my thoughts there but beyond that i know you had some really awesome things that i'm excited to to hear about yes and that is one of the reasons I feel that we were kind of brought together was to help bring this knowledge into the world in an accessible way. And being both of us are fans of various different other witchy podcasts, what better way to help as witches disseminate this knowledge than 
um, the podcast format. So back to the topic for this first episode, let's talk about why washing your hands kills the virus. So the virus is self-assembled particle in which the weakest link is the lipid fatty bilayer that basically glues all of the virus together. Soap dissolves that fatty membrane, and then once a soap is able to dissolve it, the virus basically falls apart like a house of cards and then becomes inactive. So soap is very easy to get a hold of for the most part, but also alcohol-based products that are between 60 to 80% ethanol also kill the virus in a similar fashion. But in this case, soap is better because you need a fairly small amount of it. And the duration of time with which you are washing your hands is very important. So this is a perfect time to start practicing mindfulness when you wash your hands. So many times we go to wash our hands for a few seconds while we're thinking about whatever it is that we were either doing before or after the time in the bathroom. And it's just sort of this mindless automatic thing. And in this time of global crisis, I invite us to take the time that we're washing our hands to actually be mindful of this action. So you can count up to 20 seconds or you can kind of take this point to feel the water on your hands, feel the warm water, feel how the soap is on your skin as you lather it and really breathe into the moment of washing your hands and be present and use your intention to actively will that your hands be clean of all sort of infectious agents. And of course, if you're washing your hands as much as the recommended amount, you will find they get cracked and dry very easily, especially if you live in a colder climate. So this is a great opportunity to practice self-care and support one of our local witchy small businesses that sells lotion. I have a couple of suggestions from different witchy uh, shops also as you know, Iris happens to work at a lovely witchy space. So I don't know, do you have any other recommendations for lotion that our listeners could use to sort of uh, do self-care in a magical way? I think that lotions are really great. I think also um, often what, what I use, um, and I, uh, I love so much of what you just said too, by the way, because I just, I love that that's something that we need to be doing anyway and to just make it this moment to just settle into this very thoughtful space mm. um, where we are truly caring for ourselves. And honestly, at this time when, with this practice, we're also caring for everyone around us, mm. um, including people that we might not even meet, but who are affected by this. So that's so sweet. But yeah, in terms of then caring for hands that you're washing a lot, washing as we need to be doing right now. So I just find that, uh, you know, some bath and body oils and then just kind of slowly rubbing those in that almost leans into this concept of like self massage, which I'm a huge advocate for as well. 
Yeah, so make sure you don't have any kind of reaction to the the oils before you put <laughs> them on sure. your skin. And they shouldn't um, be and it shouldn't be like uh undiluted essential oils. I'm talking about like it's actually in a bath and body oil type of a of a blend that's meant to be rubbed on your body, but also yeah, that you don't have allergies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But agreed. There's some really wonderful sense like I recommend lavender because it is such a healing and calming um, therapeutic scent that has been used for a really long time in witchcraft as an herb for healing and soothing and that is part of our work collectively as witches is Reminding everyone the importance to self-soothe and do self-care because right now we are surrounded by all of this intense panic. And if you happen to be an energetically sensitive person, I know I am, I can sort of feel this anxiety and fear all around me, especially when I go out in the public. So when I return from going to work or going to the store, the first thing I like to do when I come in, I remove my shoes before I go into the house. And I've started instituting this practice recently in my life because I was raised American. So I didn't have this this practice of removing your shoes. But I have since really started to implement this practice because uh, the virus can actually survive on surfaces anywhere from 72 hours to 24 hours. So it's really important to remove your footwear so you don't track any types of pathogens into your house. And then spiritually, you're not tracking in any kind of energies that you get onto your feet. In Japan, the entryway for where you come into a house is called a genken, and that is where you ritually remove your shoes before entering your domicile. So I recommend if you don't have a practice of doing that, to start doing that. And then when you come home from going out into the world, uh, strip off all of your clothes and go straight to the shower and just have a decontamination period and cleanse yourself, not just of the physical, like physically cleansing yourself, but also spiritually cleansing yourself because of all of this energy that is around us right now that is just full of fear and and doubt. And take this moment in the shower to call upon your allies, call upon your deities, call upon your ancestors to protect you because right now we need to call in these energies to help us survive this. Yeah, that's so true. As I have gone out, obviously for, for short little errands and stuff, I'm working remotely for the most part for what I'm doing now, um, just as of the last few days but uh i've had to go out about once a day for for you know one or two things and i've always felt the energy in the room at parties or whatever and have even had to leave spaces so i am so with you that yeah when i go out now it is very very strange and it's it's a lot and so yeah when i come home i you're right i definitely want to just kind of like leave all that at the door not not bring it into the house not keep it in the house and not keep it like 
within me energetically. So mm-hmm. I love that idea of a shower being more than just physical cleansing of it being kind of a, a spiritual practice as well. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're in your home, it's a good time to burn some incense or if you have any smoke bundles that you can burn to sort of help clear the space energetically as well as spiritually. A lot of the smoke when you burn smoke bundles such as sage or um, cedar, they actually have antiviral and anti fungal compounds that kill a lot of these particles in the air that can cause harm. And we'll, of course, delve into this a little bit more in future episodes. But in this time of uh, fear and anxiety in the collective consciousness so strongly, I recommend that if you already have some of this in your practice to use this as a way to protect your home spiritually. Uh, So in addition to these recommendations, as far as common sense, very practical ways to protect yourself, I have another suggestion that comes from uh, witch folklore, but This requires a disclaimer. First, I am not a medical professional. As I said, I do have a degree in biology with an emphasis on mycology, but I am not a medical doctor. So please consult your doctor before taking any supplements internally. Now, with all that said, as far as herbal remedies go, the best that you can find is elderberry. And witches have known about this for a very long time. It's been a folk remedy in Europe, especially for a very long time. And it has been shown in a study in 2019 that it inhibits the early stages of infection by blocking these key viral proteins responsible for attaching to host cells. So basically, it has a protective attribute that keeps the virus from attaching to our cells. And it is also very delicious. And um, you can put it in your tea and ice cream. It is important that if you are starting to show any symptoms for COVID-19, such as a rise in temperature or a sore throat, to stop taking elderberry immediately. I consulted one of my herbalist friends and he recommends it as a preventative measure and not to be used as treatment. So it's important to seek medical attention if you are finding if you are of course able to and you find yourself showing any kind of symptoms if you can get a hold of elderberry syrup there are a few vendors online i actually purchased some from a very lovely friend of mine named the tarot fairy and i will put her information in the show notes so if you are interested in ordering more uh, elderberry syrup from her she will be taking another order of that soon and Again, if you can afford to help support a lot of our artisans and craftspeople, I recommend going and finding what your favorite witchy small business is because a lot of these small businesses have lost so much of their expected revenue with all the cancellations. 
A lot of the fandom conventions have been canceled all the way up into June. There have been all the witch conventions and festivals have been canceled for the foreseeable future. So if we as a community can come together to help support our local witchy businesses and shops, we can help them stay afloat in this huge shakeup of our of our system. Yeah, I could not agree with you more on that. I'm just seeing it's it's heartbreaking. Um, there are some businesses that are actually just announcing that they're closing permanently. Like others are closing, but with the hope of reopening on the other side of this, others are having to, you know, lay off a good percentage of their staff. I mean, it's playing out differently for different folks, but you're right for, for small vendors and makers and crafters and artisans. It's really, really rough. And uh, so, yeah, so those of us who know who these folks are, let's try to continue to support them in whatever ways we can. I know that there is concern around our own income in some cases, so we have to be thoughtful about that. But just in whatever ways that we are able to show up for one another, that I think is going to go a long way and also help to keep around the things in society that we want to keep around, even as there might be a bit of a clearing out of things that perhaps aren't serving us well. So yeah, I love that advice to, to keep supporting the people we have been and maybe look for new folks who we don't know about yet, but maybe should. Definitely. Well, the good thing about this pandemic happening in springtime here in the Northern Hemisphere means we all have a great excuse to get out into the woods and not be around people. I don't usually need a good excuse for that, but now we all do. (laughs) So I strongly encourage you just walk around in your woods wherever's closest to you. And the closer, the better, because we may start seeing gas shortages if you don't have an electric car. So it's a good time to explore what are actual natural areas within walking distance of where you live. So take note of what is in bloom and pause to really smell the flowers and take in the scent. Notice the pollinators. The wheel of the year is continuing to turn despite all of our fears and crises in humanity. So it's also a great time to get to know all the various edible herbs and forage around where you live. Flowers are the best way to identify plants. So if you happen to have any flowers blooming around you, familiarize yourself with what is blooming where. And there's a lot of really great apps that make it so easy. You just literally take a picture with your phone, upload it to the app, and it identifies what that plant is. So I can uh, put out some suggestions in the show notes. So we are going to hopefully bring on one of my really good friends, Rose. She's um, a homesteader as well as a gleaner. And we are going to dedicate an entire episode to strengthening your localized food networks because what we're seeing here is a huge disruption in the global supply chain. And this will really start shifting the way that we have been living our lives up until this point. And it will be times after this event where we start to see how much we had consumed originates from very far from where we physically live. 
So right now is a good time to reach out into your community and find out who has chickens, find out who has different garden set up, find out who is growing what kind of fruit. Localized food networks are going to become crucial in this coming age. And so it is very important if you have the resources to start your own garden or if you happen to be in a more urban area, there are a lot of community garden projects. So wherever you are, see if you can get involved in in a place where localized food production is going to take place. It's interesting how just this week, um, as we've been, like you said, I mean, you know, shelves in the stores are starting to be cleared out and so forth. And and we've gone to the co-op. In fact, I'll just mention that we get our elderberries since you talked about that and some of those things at our co-op in bulk. And that's really great. But we're lucky to have a co-op nearby that pays a lot of attention to trying to source things from as nearby as possible. Of course, if we can create direct relationships with the farmers and growers, farmers markets are another good way to do that. This is where already being tuned into that. If we've been going to farmer's markets, then we might know who some of those growers are and be able to reach out. I'm sure they probably love it when people reach out. And like a lot of the shops are doing, they're not open for people to come in, but and like, you know, shop uh, for an extended period of time within the shop, but they will like package things up and you can come by and pick it up. And some of these growers and other folks are probably doing that. My partner just found a bunch of bitter crests in our yard. And so we have been having bitter crest prepared different ways. And it's really great. We had like some bitter crest pesto tonight. And so, and the idea about like looking for things that are flowering, that are blooming is really brilliant because you're right. It's so much easier to identify things when they're flowering. So people say stop and smell the flowers, like pay attention to the beauty of those, etc. But it takes on a whole new meaning when you realize that that may be the moment when you're able to identify something that is not only delicious, but also nutritious and maybe even life sustaining. And depending on circumstances, we know that the transportation system is one of the biggest contributors to climate change. And so looking for any way that we can to get our food in ways that doesn't require that. But yeah, all about just uh, trying to eat locally and support your local farmers, growers and people preparing food for sure. And we want to develop this a little bit more in a future episode where we'll talk a lot more about what local food sources, good ways to identify them and such, as well as some of the other potential networks that you can tap into for finding free food. Yeah, so we hope to develop this a little bit more in another future episode where As I mentioned, we'll be talking to my friend Rose, who has been involved with the Gleaners, as well as other different food distribution networks in the Oregon area. So we can kind of talk about a little bit how to really tap into those networks. So I guess as a way to kind of close this first episode, I want to say that we who call ourselves witches will be the ones to help lead humanity through the collapse of capitalism. 
we have the knowledge, we have the networks, and we have the way forward to support the inherent worth of the planet and her children beyond the exploitive paradigms of this patriarchal capitalistic system. And it's important that we as witches who are fortified in our purpose with the knowledge of the craft lead the way to a brighter future for all those that seek our help. And we contain the knowledge in our craft to survive and the wisdom to live in sync with the natural world that will help heal the wounds of this previous time of exploitation. And we want to help share and connect different witches who are looking to help increase the knowledge base so we can continue to survive on this planet and meet the challenges of climate change in the coming era. This is something that is really difficult to be studying right now, but it's also important to be studying it is just how throughout history, it's literally like the very people who and who were very most often women who had that knowledge, like special knowledge of how to provide care in various ways, how to tend the earth, all these different things were in the end um, persecuted and penalized for having that knowledge, but we're definitely, and that that's kind of the impulse of patriarchy too. Um, but we're definitely reaching a point where people are realizing that the old systems are not working, these interlocking systems of oppression, and that something new is needed. And I couldn't agree more that there, I think it's not a coincidence that we're seeing so many podcasts, books, and other resources about traditional forms of knowledge and spirituality, including witchcraft. I think people know that this is kind of the direction that we need to go. And the great thing is it's, it's kind of the, the purpose of this podcast is to say that that doesn't mean that we're like throwing science and all of the, you know, advancements around that out the window. It's just that we're reaching back and taking all these advancements that have been around for so long before us and that patriarchy and capitalism and so forth have thrown out, have tried to deprive us of, and we're bringing those two back together and that there's just tremendous power in that. Yes. Yes. It is our time, which is, it is our time to rise up. So thank you for listening to the science, Witch podcast Please consider reviewing us if you liked this episode and sharing it. We have a lot of really interesting podcasts in the future that will continue to explore the intersections of science and witchcraft. So you can subscribe to us via our various services and uh, check out our website, sciencewitchpodcast.com. And um, if you have any questions, feel free to email me. I am at angel, A-N-J-E-L, at sciencewitchpodcast.com. And iris at sciencewitchpodcast.com. Or you can also just send to, uh, if you don't want to have to choose one of the other of us, you can just send to um, questions at sciencewitchpodcast.com. And we will get that question and answer it. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening. Live long and prosper and blessed be. Blessed be. Blessed be.